0: The can't the can't the 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 Hello everyone and welcome to Toronto Rock Total Access. We are back for another exciting season as the 23-24 campaign is about to kick off this weekend. My name is Mike Hancock. Along with me, as always, is the co-host, Challen Rogers. Challen, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing great excited
0: good excited
1: fired up to be back
0: that's fantastic we're back baby we are back so home opener is just a few days away as we record this what what is it that gets you most excited about the home opener
1: running onto the floor listening to your crowd that's by far the my personal favorite
0: Just first time barreling out of the tunnel each year
1: just every time but, yes, it's extra special when it's the first game of the season and we get to open it up uh, in front of our home fans.
0: Well, this certainly, uh, you know, it, it, like you say, it's going to be great to get going. This past weekend, you know, the the league started. And um, how different was that, I guess, sitting back and, and watching week one go by and not playing? And um, did that start to get the fire going a little bit?
1: It was it was weird. I think uh, I don't think we've had a bye weekend the first weekend, or maybe we have. I just don't remember it. Um, but yeah, it was. Uh, we had practice Saturday and just had a good chance to watch some games and hang out with the guys and um, you know bond a little bit, create a little bit more chemistry off the floor. And um, yeah, it definitely got the juices pumped and and uh, you know excited for a few days from now.
0: How was the charcuterie board on Saturday night?
1: I didn't dive into it.
0: Really? I don't even Let's know. See. I,
1: see, I didn't see Rosie dive into it either. And I know he's a big advocate for
0: that. He really pushed to have the charcuterie board on Saturday night. And even he told me yesterday, he walked in and said, there's still a little bit of the charcuterie board left in the fridge. And I was mm. shocked. Uh. He said it was really good, but he said he just didn't. I don't know if it was because, you know, you guys had a decent sized meal to go along with it and that maybe...
1: The meal was money. It was so good. Chicken souvlaki.
0: Yeah, it was I'm good. I'm a big chicken okay. souvlaki guy. All right. Some
1: nice tzatziki on the side. It's yeah. really good. So maybe it just everyone overloaded on the, the good stuff.
0: Possibly, yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> good. All all good things to uh to consider moving forward when we are doing our regular meal prep here <laughs> end into the season. Um so it it has been a long off-season, but let's talk a little bit about that off-season. You had a busy one, which maybe made it long in different ways. Um, do you want to start with the Worlds?
1: Sure. Let's
0: well, start. What was it like?
1: Uh, it was, it was a good experience. Could have been a great one, obviously, if uh, – um you know we had won but um you know the experience to just that was my first world um playing field lacrosse for team canada and and um it it's just it was it was an honor to obviously put on the canadian jersey and and play alongside guys that i've played with in the past and guys i haven't played with at all and um just to kind of be teammates with them um rather than kind of being opponents so um, yeah, it was great from the, the top down. It, it was a pleasure to be a part of that, and uh, what a great group.
0: Where does that championship event rank when you think about the three in the world indoors, the sixes that you participated in a year and a half ago, and, you know, your traditional world field lacrosse championship? Because I feel as an event, perhaps the world fields are kind of the biggest event so to speak, and you can definitely uh, <laughs> give me your opinion on that as to whether or not that thinking uh, is correct or not. I guess, but where where does each event kind of rank? Maybe not necessarily in order, but just when you think of like that global stage of it all.
1: Yeah, I think uh, you know field lacrosse obviously is kind of more global, globally recognized than than box, and um, you know having it in the states. Uh, is obviously a huge draw for for the American side, and and um, it it was a very well run, uh, experience, tournament championships, whatever you want to call it. Um, we were pretty fortunate we got to play kind of on campus, which was a hundred hundred yards from uh, where we were staying, so um, we could kind of walk to games and stay as a group, and we were together a lot. And um, you know the championships uh the semis the championship and the first game at Snapdragon were uh were super cool the the locker rooms were in the football locker rooms and i think that stadium had just been built um so it was it was a very very well run tournament and, and uh it was just a very very cool experience
0: now something else that you know you may or may not be a part of, a, of your five years down the road to be the Olympics. And uh, we'll, we'll jump back into the rest of the summer in a moment. But I feel like the World Field Lacrosse Championships is kind of the spinoff into the next big – well, not I guess the next big thing. But the next big thing everybody's thinking about being the Olympics in Los Angeles in, in 2028. Um, first, just what are your thoughts about the inclusion of sixes at the Olympics?
1: uh it's a dream come true if if i'm part of that team or not um you know when i was a young kid being told that lacrosse had been in the olympics and um you know hoping that one day that it would come to fruition it it it, it was a dream come true when i saw that um you know people have the opportunity to play lacrosse at the the highest level of sport and um you know not only for for the opportunity to play in it but to To grow the game of lacrosse and and whether that's through sixes or field or box, people around the world are going to see it and, and, uh, you know, be able to see if they like it or not. Um, And, you know, kind of make their own decision and and hopefully that will grow the game. Um, You know, it's just a big step for the sport of lacrosse and getting um, to where we want to get it to.
0: So that kind of leads me to my next maybe theory, thought, question. Oh, I love those. <laughs> but when I think about sixes in the Olympics, my biggest thing that I think about is how is the sport, the current operators and caretakers of the game, we'll say, how do we capitalize on that inclusion in 2028? Because the format that will be played – being sixes, isn't really something right now that's presently offered, you, you could say. We do have a small offering of it here at the track. But as far as I know, most minor associations, you're either playing box or you're playing field. So all these people that maybe get exposed to the game for the first time in 2028, they look at it and go, wow, I want to play that. They go down to their local recreation center or they go to their municipality and say, hey, where can I go play lacrosse? They get directed to their minor lacrosse association and they say, great, you want to sign up, but do you want to play box or do you want to play field? And they say, we want to play what we saw on TV in the Olympics. And they say, sorry, we don't offer that as a, as a regular part of the programming. So that's my biggest question here is what is everybody going to do? Governing bodies, everything here, moving over the next five years to possibly make six as a bigger part of the program. And everybody's acceptance of that in the lacrosse world, which may be a whole nother thing. Um, and then how you parlay that into something to get those kids playing that after 2028 20, and to truly grow the game. Too much? <laughs> Why <are you> <laughs> too much. At me like that? <laughs>
1: no, I'm just processing. I've thought but about no, it, it all, right? No, like, it's, 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 you bring up a lot of good points. You know, it's, you kind of expect these people to, to, you know, pick it up just by playing kind of box and then kind of field like, for us when we played at the world games a couple of years ago it was there was a big learning curve for all of us as well because we had never played it before and you know we're at the world games in Birmingham and um, you know we, we were lacrosse players we play the game of lacrosse so it it, it was okay in that sense um, there's a lot of learning curves that obviously we needed to figure out on an individual level and as a team level but um, you know I think we had done that. Um, but like, like you said, for the inclusion part, it's definitely something that, you know, the CLA and, and, um, you know, the small municipalities, the home centers need to think about because you want these kids seeing it and then having the opportunity to play it and get better at it. And with that goal of making that Olympic team, uh, and probably the forefront, um, so yeah, I think there's a lot of steps that need to be taken kind of all over the lacrosse community. Um, you know, at the higher up levels and at the the grassroots levels um, before and after L.A. 28.
0: Because I wonder if this could be traditional field lacrosse maybe being put on the back burner here. If organizations and the sport as a whole believe that sixes may be the way to grow the game in general – and like I say, I think that's got to be offered at the grassroots level as a regular program that you participate in, like spring field, fall field, whatever time of year field. I yeah. think maybe that sixes maybe slides into that, that thing, and that may be very difficult for a lot of people to swallow, I think.
1: hundred percent. There's, I guess the thing with lacrosse the is there's different styles and yeah. a lot of different styles and a lot of different routes that people want to take in their lacrosse kind of journey whether that's you know going the college route and trying to get a scholarship and, and playing down south or um you know obviously it's sixes trying to make the olympics be an olympic athlete or whether you're invested in box you love the physicality and the speed and and um, you know you wanna go play in the NLL. There's a lot of different options that you can take in the lacrosse world right now, which is, is a blessing, but yeah, there's definitely gonna to have to be a, a little reorganizing that needs to be done.
0: Yeah, all right, well, lots of time to talk about that and figure that out. <laughs> the last piece of the summer puzzle here uh, that I wanted to talk about was obviously the premier lacrosse league, and getting that winning feeling maybe more so than just even what uh, happened with the Archers and winning. But what was that like for you to get that winning feeling back? And also, how are you going to bring that as the captain of this team into the locker room this year?
1: Um, The winning experience was obviously amazing to to kind of cap off the summer in that way. And and with that group, it was – um, you know, the archers just a bunch of absolute beauties for lack of better, better words. It's from the top to the bottom. It's, it's a great group of guys. And, um, you know, just, you have fun going there and hanging out with the guys every weekend, wherever we are. And, um, you know, each, each game, whether we've played to the best of our ability or not, we, we found ways to win and, um, you know, it stems from, you know, Coach Bates and Coach Resch and and Tom just just an alpha leader out there in the field and um, you know I was just so happy to see them win and, um, and be a part of it because they've kind of had some ups and downs with losing in, in semifinals and and things like that and um, just so happy to to be there and be able to to win with them.
0: You talk about Tom being that leader and he does wear an A on his jersey here, obviously with the Rock, but. It's it's interesting because I feel like you and I have talked a little bit here and there off the record, I guess a little bit, not exactly on the podcast, just about, you know, it almost is this weird thing where, you know, you go to the PLL, Tom's, Tom's the leader, you're there, you're a part of things, you're a big part of things, but then, you know, you come here, you're back, you're the captain, you're really in the spotlight, not that Tom's not in the spotlight, but maybe in the leadership spotlight, it's a little bit different, so, you know, do you think that that's something where Tom has still got some room to grow as a leader here in the box game? And, like, how do you integrate him even more so maybe um, if that's something he wants to even uh, get into is even a larger, larger role or, uh, leadership role here?
1: I mean, Tom just is a leader in everyday life, whether that's in lacrosse or <laughs> just, you know, walking down the street. He's he's a guy you look up to, and, and uh, you know, I can – speak for everyone on our group for in our locker room that they look up to Tom and, and Tom's a, a great teammate and leader. And, um, you know, I don't, I don't know if he needs to take the next step because I saw it in the summer, just how he commanded, um, you know, a high level from everyone. And, and you know, he, he expects that when he's here as well. It's I just with Tom, I don't think he wants to step on people's toes in, in the box game or here just because he, Relatively speaking, he's somewhat new to the box game, so um, you know. But then you kind of look at his stats. Then he's like
0: the number two or three player. Yeah, on, he's inside yeah. The box. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So like <laughs> he's he's not going to be stepping on anyone's toes by any means. But um, yeah, I, I, I just think it's just Tom being Tom. I don't know if he needs to take his next step. He's he's a leader in his own right, and um, you know, just a class act teammate and class act leader. So. I don't think he needs to change anything. He's a man.
0: Okay. Got it. <laughs> when we talk about leadership, though, there is one guy who won't be in the locker room anymore as a player, and that's Dan Dawson who obviously has had a profound effect on this team and this group while he has been a member of the Toronto rock, something that he will now continue in a different way as the director of player development, which sometimes I think that whole role spawned from a conversation that we had on the podcast back last season. However, we'll move on. Um, What is that going to be like now? Because sometimes I think Dan can't help not being a a leader, right? Like it is in him we have had conversations here around the building getting ready for these games. And it's like, you know, the creative team, we've, we've sat there and talked through stuff and, you know, other guys in the conversation have kind of joked like, well, I'm ready to run through a wall now. And we're just talking about doing a video about a school program. or <laughs> something, <laughs> you know? So um, what is that going to be like now that he is in just a different leadership role? I'm sure to some degree, he's still one of the guys, but, but at the same time, he isn't anymore. Yeah,
1: that's a good way to put it. Um, he's definitely still one of the guys, but he just has a different role to him now. Um, and it's it's already started, I think, kind of when that – before that role was announced, he was kind of already putting his roots down to have his ideas. And, and you know, his player development role is just – I think that's that's so him he he's so technical with things and he's obviously done it at every level and and you know he has the points the stats the hall of fame career to show show that so you know he he gets the respect just from who he is and who he is as a person and um you know he's he's helped me personally so much just with going out there shooting with him and um you know, little pointers of what goalies could do, just kind of ideas of what you want to do while you step in and shoot. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's changed, I guess, just not having him put on the jersey, but Dan's still the absolute legend beast. I don't know. I could go on forever. Dan's a Dan's a man.
0: <laughs> he, he is, and I think his impact just kind of, like you say, is going to continue to be felt for years and years here and it's going to be in different ways and, and and ways we didn't realize, but just his emphasis really just almost in everyday life where it's like, take advantage of the situation and the opportunities that are in front of you and you know, remember the people that are special in your life that you do things for. And, um, he's incredible. Like when he starts to talk, like I invite anybody, if you ever do run into Dan Dawson in your everyday life, just, please grab him almost for two or three minutes and just ask him a couple of questions and you will know what we're talking about. Whether or not you see him in line at Tim Hortons and you ask him which sandwich you should order. You won't see he, him at Tim Hortons. He, <laughs> okay, fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> Hypothetically a restaurant environment. He will, he will have you very fired up about whatever you're about to order, that type of thing. Um, what type of gas you might decide to pump. Any of that kind of stuff. Like he is just, and it's authentic as hell.
1: And it won't be two or three minutes.
0: No. <laughs> it does. But I feel like sometimes it starts like a little bit like, oh, it might not be a long conversation. And then it's like, and then you're in it and you're just like, keep going, man. Yeah. Keep going. I am. 100%. I am buying everything you're selling here. This True. is This is awesome. Just listening to you talk about stuff is so inspiring and motivating. Like maybe that's even the next part of his career here is maybe he becomes a motivational speaker because I feel like he, he could very excel well could. at that.
1: Yes. Yeah, very well could.
0: Okay. All right. Well, we've kind of wrapped up the off season. So uh, we did uh, do an interview with Mr. Jamie Dowick um, here. And when I say we, I mean me. So we're going to pop into that interview and then uh, we'll be back with more stuff with Chal and I, but right now here is the, Owner, president, and general manager of the Toronto Rock, Jamie Dowick. Welcome back to Toronto Rock Total Access. Uh, jumping out of things a little bit. Co host Jalen Rogers will not be a part of this segment. He's a co host? Yeah, Jalen's back as the co host, yes.
2: Forgot about that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um,. So if you didn't know, we now welcome back to the podcast here, Toronto Rock owner, president and general manager Jamie Dowick. Jamie, how are you doing?
2: I'm good, Mike. How are you?
0: I'm doing great. Has the excitement kicked in here of the home opener being just days away? Is it are we in that mode? I know I'm talking to some of the guys around the around the team over the last couple of days, it's kinda of like they're starting to feel it. They're starting to feel it. Uh, Chal got a sneak peek of the opening video yesterday and suddenly said, I'm in game mode now. I'm ready to go. So how are you feeling about it?
2: I'm I'm kind of in the same boat. I'm getting there. Like, uh, you know, it was weird watching games on the weekend. Um, but as we get ready for our practice tonight, which is our regular routine, Tuesday night practice, and, and having a game this week, I think. I feel it like kind of ramping up a bit. Look, I mean, I'm excited. Don't get me wrong. I just, it's not like in my face yet that it's like here. It's, it's, it's time, but it is and, and, uh, exciting.
0: Let's backtrack. The off season. it was a busy one, a lot of changes here. Um, what was the game plan going into the offseason when you were looking at, uh, shaking things up a little bit on the, offensive side um obviously acquiring some you know legitimately big-name players some guys with some very strong recent resumes uh familiar face and dan Lintner coming back but what was the what was the roadmap kind of going into the off season? and would you say that you accomplished everything you wanted to
2: well i mean we went, really we went into the off season just wanting to get better there wasn't um you know a specific plan it wasn't like i had mark circled and that was a guy i was gonna go get and, and whatever um we we just knew we had to try and get better and you know still up front wanted to be better a little more uh diverse up there and 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 so that that was the one kind of trade that um kind of happened real real early in the off season and to be honest with you, when we made that trade, I thought it was probably, you know, the move that we were going to make. And, you know, we go into the season pretty well with, with, you know, obviously Zach and Adam were, were leaving, but everyone else pretty well um, back have the band back together. Um, you know, things happen along the way. Free agency opens. Um, I, I actually got approached by Halifax right before the draft. Um, which led to the Chris Bushi deal um so that wasn't something that was was in the you know it wasn't on my radar it wasn't a plan of ours um you know some circumstances with him and his job and and whatever kind of limited his travel and so uh, that that that's how he ended up here um you know and then and then the litner deal was was you know an opportunity to get a guy back that we're familiar with played for us this summer um you know great teammate you know uh we needed we needed one more piece kind of on that side we felt like and and he and he was the fit there so um you know lots of really changes up front our our offense is going to look and then you throw in Josh who's we're looking you know to play a key role in our offense this year didn't last year as well like the offense gonna look very different this year um you know the back end back ends pretty pretty well returned obviously no latrell with his injury which i'm sure you're gonna ask me about at some point but obviously that's a huge blow to us um really the one new guy on the back end i think i think the only new guy is uh justin martin who we signed as a free agent this offseason Watched him play against us this summer for Six Nations. Uh, we liked his game. Came into camp and uh, you know has earned his spot. And and in our views, well, in my eyes, anyways, it's been real good and earned. You know, earned earned his spot and deserves it. So, um, you know, it's exciting because yeah, there's definitely. I mean, you know, our 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 leaders and our guys are, are still there. Um, you know, Charles, Charles, still the captain of this team as always, and uh, and really, you know, the core, the core is is intact. Um, we're looking forward to the season.
0: With so many more teams in the league than there were, you know, five six years ago, how much tougher has it become to find free agents? Because you know, you talked about watching a guy like Justin Martin all summer in Senior B, and then you know, other free agents and draft picks seems very heavily influenced by the senior B ball that was uh, witnessed in this building quite a bit over the summer but you know how much more difficult has it become to kind of fill out your roster especially when you know in recent years we're not drafting very high regularly and that kind of stuff so replacing parts on your roster without having to give up premium assets uh, certainly is is probably a bigger challenge than ever.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Be. Um, you know, free agency wise, you got more just more teams competing for guys, and uh, you know that that makes that challenging. And um, yeah, we have a lot of the guys that live locally, so you have that advantage. But the more teams bidding on guys, and and you know, there's there's luxury taxes and things like that. You know, guys get priced out of the out of the market, and this and that. Not so much about do you want them, or someone might be able to give them more. So that's a big factor in that it's it's uh yeah it's uh, more more and more kids getting an opportunity to play in this league 15 teams now um you know there's going to be guys on the bottom end of your roster that don't have a lot of experience but i don't look at that as a bad thing i think it's an opportunity a lot of these guys just need an opportunity to show what they can do and and uh You know, it's always interesting to see how everyone's kind of story plays out because it's different for everyone, you know, when that opportunity comes, whether they take advantage of it right away or, you know, whether they start and then take a step back. I don't know. So I, I love watching, you know, the younger players in our organization develop into everyday regulars because, like you said, I mean, the hope is that you're competing for championships every year, which means you're drafting late in the first round. Um, even if you have your pick and, you know, you're not getting a chance to re- replenish your roster with high-end young talent. Um, you know, so the, the only real option then is to look at the, the free agency side of it and, you know, now you're talking high-end talent, the multiple teams are trying to compete for, and, you know, they are guys that are 34, not 24, you know, <laughs> and, and so – that, that's uh love watching the young guys come along because it's just one of those you know where you can look at them and say okay i can see them being a part of that for us you know back there for the next five to eight to ten years and and you know that's exciting
0: i'm one of those guys that uh you know is made the best of an opportunity i think so far tyler hendricks a guy that uh for fans listening here, uh, you'll probably have had a chance, uh, or will shortly have a chance to check out uh, the first episode of Rock City Unplugged. And there's, uh, you know, a pretty deep dive into Tyler Hendricks' journey here so far uh, through last season that he missed, and you know, due to injury, and he's kind of been waiting in the wings. One of those guys you talk about that's waiting for that opportunity. Just talk about what fans are going to see from Tyler Hendricks once he get in gets in here because he's. He's flown under the radar for sure, had a pretty good summer in MSL. But, you know, I think people who watched him in exhibition here are probably like, who's that guy? Because he's a big kid, athletic, like long, stands out big time when you when you watch him and you're kind of intrigued by like, what is that going to turn into?
2: Yeah, so obviously last year didn't play out the way he wanted or, or we wanted. He basically showed up. His foot was... Uh a mess for lack of a (laughs) better term and uh went out on the floor I don't even he might not even got through the doctors but if he did he got out on the floor and right away it was just done so the year was pretty well a waste he wasn't really healthy until our season had had basically ended um but he did play the summer like you said he had a good summer We're, we're excited about Tyler he's uh I mean, we drafted him because he's a, you know, an offensive lefty um, by trade. Uh, that's what he's played grow, growing up. And he's a really big athletic energy type of guy and uh, with some finish. And, you know, it's just uh, size is, I mean, every, you know, size is important. It's not, you know, you, the guys have to be able to play in this and that. But if you can find guy, big guys that can – play like that I, I think that's a huge asset to your team so he's going to get an opportunity kind of all over the floor like we we see him like I said he's an offensive guy by trade but you know I see him as potentially a guy that might one day be out or you know be out the back door as well and running transition and it's just kind of all over the place so you're right he does kind of stand out obviously big and whatever but uh you know i think he's going i think he's going to be someone that the fans are going to you know like the energy he plays with and and you know i see him hopefully uh going to keep part of this team
0: yeah and my last thought on tyler hendricks really is just you know you look at him and even though he's not 17 or 18 he almost still looks like he's grown into his body and you have another lefty here mark matthews huge guy as well and it'll be interesting to see i'm sure tyler's probably watching him a lot just to see how he's able to use his body, his size, his reach, all those types of things uh, at the NLL level. The other guy I wanted to talk about is Justin Martin and him being, you know, this unheralded, kind of under the radar. You know, he's come from, you know, had a shot a little bit in Halifax last year, never got in the lineup. And then, you know, we got to see a lot of him in senior B this summer. It seemed like he scored against the old Rock every game in very similar eh? Yeah. (laughs) In every, you know, uh, in every kind of very similar fashion to what we saw him score in preseason, these games where he's able to, you know, maybe leak a little bit early, maybe not, but he, he ends up, his speed is, is unbelievable. And, and once he gets going, I don't think there's too many guys that can catch him. So um, again, a pretty interesting story there with a kid that is, again kind of under the radar a little bit of a find maybe a diamond in the rough that we'll see what this coaching staff can turn him into
2: yeah I mean uh I don't know a lot about Justin yet just kind of getting to know him here and, and like you said I mean he did seem to score on us every single time <laughs> we played against him and that's probably why he ended up at camp and yeah you know and then he did carry it over in the preseason but I think that's that's what you get out of him um I think he was the fastest guy on our team when we tested the guys yeah um so listen, he's not a he's not a big guy at all. He's probably a, a buck seventy, soaking wet. Like mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> you know, he, he's a defender. I wouldn't say his strength is like you know, he's not Latrell Harris back there, but he's very smart. Um, plays positionally very well. I, I don't think he's a big cheater back there. I just think he's got such he's just good that fast. Yeah. speed <laughs> and and takeoff speed that. You know when that ball's on the ground he he's grabbing it and he's mm-hmm. going and gone and and then he's got he's got pretty good finish at the- at the end when he gets those opportunities so um like i said i've been i've been real impressed with him you know like he's not like he's not a big guy, so like you wonder how is he gonna be able to handle the that from from that standpoint but i i've I've been real impressed by him and 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 i'm I'm happy for him he just came in here put his head down and worked hard. And, uh, like, it's it's good to see guys like that get rewarded.
0: And then you already mentioned Josh Dowick. You know him better than anybody here, obviously, around the building. It's a pretty simple question here, but is he ready to take the next step?
2: Uh, I believe he is 100%. Like, uh, no doubt in my mind. Um, But he's got to go out there and do it. I know he's excited. You know, he he said something, you know, hey, we're really – I'm real excited for this weekend. Like, it's close. He didn't play a lot last year, right? He played four games. He definitely didn't play in the opener, stuff like that. So, you know, this is and, – and, and no Tommy right now. So, you know, we're leaning on Josh even more. You know, I know we're looking for him to be a regular out there, but obviously with Tommy not there, kind of changes his role a little bit and what we're asking him to do out there. And, um, you know – all stuff he's comfortable with and has done all his life, but not done it at this level. So um, I thought he's had a great preseason. He's he's worked as hard as anyone on the team um, in here, getting ready for for the season and committing to to that. So uh, I'm excited for him and, and and the team. I think he's going uh, to he's going to be do his part, and it should be fun to watch.
0: No, on the injury front, uh, <clears throat> you did already mention Luttrell, who's obviously out for, you know, at least the regular season, recovering from the uh, torn ACL and the surgery that he underwent in September. So his timeline, nine months, could put him towards the end of April, but uh, that's, you know, obviously best-case scenario type of stuff. Um, with Tom Schreiber, who just went on injured reserve at the end of training camp, uh, anything you can share there with fans in terms of any kind of timeline for him?
2: Yeah, I mean, listen, Tom, Tom's injury isn't too serious. Um, he's, ba- he's been banged up. I think we finally figured out what, what's been bothering him, and which is good news because that's that's been a bit of an issue here along the way as well, so, you know, all over the place. So I think we've got a handle, hopefully, on, on what's been bothering with him. Um, he's dealing with that you know, we're not going to miss him. We're going to miss him for, you know, the first couple games of the season, I would say for sure. Um, you know, worst case scenario, I'm kind of looking at it thinking we would have, you know, that game, the first game in January, you know, might, would be hopefully the worst case scenario. So I think that would mean he would miss maybe three games. Um, he's also having a, he was potentially missing the opener anyways, this year. He's, uh, he's, to have a, his son on December 8th here. So um, there's that as well right now. So Tommy's going to be out for a little bit, but, you know, for us it's about, um, you know, and that's what I said to him, it's like, listen, yeah, it sucks. You know, no one wants to miss the first two, three games of the season. Um, but, you know, we need, you need to get healthy and, and, and feel good about yourself. And it's a long season, and, and, and we'll deal with it there. And then really, other than that, we're pretty healthy I mean the one other one, um, I'll probably do the transaction before you release the podcast. But I guess yeah, the <laughs> the other one we're dealing with right now is Chris Corbeil. Got a little banged up in the preseason, uh, just on a faceoff play on a draw. Got kind of hit from behind, and and he's dealing with that. So we're probably going to be missing Chris for the first couple games of the season here. I'm uh, going to have to move him to IR, and and. You know, I think he's a little bit ahead of Tom's timeline. Uh, hopefully he's only going to miss a game or two. Um, but, you know, once again, we we need Chris healthy and, and, and helping back on the floor. And You know, especially we were kind of hoping to, not that you're replacing Latrell, but, you know, we didn't have Corbs all last year, really. So, you know, I'm kind of looking at it as, okay, yeah, I don't have Latrell this year, but at least they're going to have Corbs full time. So we need to get him healthy. And get him back on the floor, but those are the two kind of uh, the two injuries we're kind of dealing with right now.
0: Now there's another storyline to follow, and you kind of brought it up actually here around the office. Is that every Toronto Rock fan will have definitely a second favorite team, another team to cheer for this year, and that will be whoever is playing the Las Vegas Desert Dogs, because of course the Toronto Rock hold their first round pick coming up storyline to follow um maybe talk about that i again something i think that's maybe a little bit uh under the radar that that juicy little nugget uh is sitting out there
2: yeah any of the hardcore people probably already know that like um you know yes and and i mean obviously it's definitely in the back of my mind um being the gm of the team (laughs) um you know, and we've waited a couple of years for for this in return for for trading Robbie. So, um listen, not going to pay too much attention to it. Along, I'll, I'll, I mean, obviously, I'm going to know where they stand along the way, but it doesn't change anything what we do. Obviously, we want as high of a pick as possible. um, You know, whether you know the plan is to keep it, but whether you keep it or trade, I mean, you just want it to be as high as possible. So. Um it is a little different, you know, watching games the other night with no divisions where, you know, normally on on, on a game where you know, you're watching Calgary and Rochester play, you're 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 hoping Calgary wins cuz Rochester's in your division and whatever, but you know, um outside of the little draft pick uh whatever there with Vegas, I mean, you're not really no real cheering for one or at least at this point in the season maybe as we get midway and and you're cheering because of the standings that'll change but right now it's like hey someone's gonna win someone's gonna lose so (laughs) you know whoever it is it is so it's exciting
0: yeah i think that's something we've seen the players talk about it a little bit on social media something we uh Dove into a little bit of a media day, but it certainly is going to be interesting to track, like you say, how, you, uh, how you're how you watching games and who you're cheering for, for sure. Um, okay, Jamie. Well, I think that was great catching up. I think we're fired up and ready to go for the weekend. New Rock City Unplugged uh, episode dropping very soon.
2: Have I seen it?
0: Not yet, because it, uh, as we speak, is in between draft one and draft two. So it will be... Uh, All right it'll be done very soon very very soon but it's all good right. it's real good
2: excellent it's good well looking forward on. to it all right it was too bad Shawn wasn't here actually now that you mentioned it because I would love to know what he was going to ask me
0: he uh he we're we're doing our thing later he he's still at the point right now where if it's coach or gm stuff he just kind of wants to oh, leave still, that he, yeah he deliberately he, wants well, to stay away well he just when we right? talked about I said you know I when we were talking about guests uh yesterday he, uh, I said, Well, I got to get of or Jamie in on, on the first episode. And, um, and he was like, You know, we kind of, no, no, no. he he's just like, Yeah, you have I get <laughs> it. I get it.
2: Yeah. No, yeah. he doesn't. Um, yeah. Well, good. Listen, uh, Chow's ready to go. I, you know, great leader on this team. Look forward to the day that he's be able to yeah. uh, raise that trophy for us. And hopefully this is the year.
0: Well, and just to quickly wrap up, maybe with, uh, talking about chow you know he's he's been in a situation where going into the start of the season the last couple of years it feels like is he going to be an o guy is he going to be a d guy where is he going to fit in and then depending on injuries he kind of slides back and forth you know is this the spot for him is this where he's at his best is is playing at the back door transitioning is that what he's doing well, I don't know. Sorry, <laughs> Okay. <laughs> could change tomorrow. I listen. That's what he's doing today. I mean, we're not at practice yet. Right. I
2: listen. He can do everything. Yeah. Um, that's what's so great about Chow. I, I do think, you know, and I've made I've made jokes about calling him Travis Hunter and saying, why don't you just <laughs> go both ways, like play, yeah. play the whole game, play yeah. offense, play defense. Like if anyone can do it, it's you. Um, he, he's that good of an athlete. I, I think he's definitely. Most comfortable out the back door. That's what he's kind of played his whole life. Yeah, um, he's a beast in transition. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not telling anyone they don't anything they yeah. don't know. And uh, and you know, to me, if he's playing out the back door, he can always be staying and playing offense as much as wanted, needed, whatever. Yeah. Um, you run him out the front door, which you know we've had to in the past and and might have to here. To start but when you run a guy out the front door he's definitely not going back as much and, and playing on the D end as you know the the other way so I, I just think uh, uh you know and no Latrell this year so you know just get our captain back there kind of leading the group and and uh, I think he's in the right spot for now but he'll do whatever we need as a team and and uh, hopefully we'll make the right decisions one more thing though like about Chow that you should mention, I don't know if you have, is about that uh, thing he did with uh, Marner and...
0: Uh, the game-recognized game. Recognized game with and Dawkins, because yeah. I
2: see it on Sunday Night F- I see the yeah. ads on TSN yeah. <laughs> all the time, but, like, people should check that out because, yeah. you know, Chow represented. As far as I'm concerned, I mean, he, did, he, he came dead last in the points or whatever, but go watch it he 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 won, he won that he dominated everything in that like the overall whatever Chow Chal- <laughs> showed those boys what what he's capable of so uh people should go check that out captain represented for sure and uh you know while they he didn't win the points or whatever I'm sure Mitch and uh, Dawkins both know he kicked
0: their. well ass. there's yeah like there's lots of little strategic things in there the hockey shooting thing oh he knew like Mitch knew he had to take out Chow and the way the first couple targets went, he was like, well, I can win this. I'm just going to take out the lot. Like, yeah, so got happened owned
2: on the lacrosse.
0: Absolutely huge. That's what we said. Right. Cause you know, we're there at the, the taping of all this. And, Right when he was done, we were like, well, he hit the target. He, like, did that, like, Marner didn't hit the net, like, whatever. But it was all just based on the fastest. He didn't really get rewarded for yeah. excelling as part of it. Like, even when he threw the sled at the start, we were, everybody was like, like, these oohs and ahs were legit. Like, yeah. Chow definitely turned some heads there as an athlete. and And even afterwards, you know, getting emails before, you know, everything went live was, you know, I was getting comments from the producers being, Chow really represented well. And, like, the NFL folks, when we walked off, too, they came over and they're like, wow, Chow is, like,
2: yeah, really I, good at
0: everything. You, right? you like, saw
2: that when you watched it. Like, honestly, I, I left did, that yeah. thinking he just – he he won that thing. He was yeah. – overall, he was <laughs> the best by far. Yeah. You know, and uh, obviously the point system, whatever, did work that way. But he did – he he represented – and listen, Chow's – you know, a great representative of our organization on and off the field. But he's a beast, man. He's yeah. a beast against anyone, any athlete. Like he's just, uh, it was, it was pretty cool. I was, I, I really enjoyed watching yeah. that. I thought, and and I see the ads all the time. So it's, it's yeah. uh, check it out. It's pretty cool.
0: And Chalo is, I think, says like, get me an NFL tryout. He thinks he can be a wide receiver. <laughs> Yeah, he's got to worry just worry about his <laughs> yeah. fantasy team. Like uh, not going we, well.
2: No, actually, he's he's having some. Chal's got his stuff under control in fantasy yeah. these days. Yeah, we don't need him going play wide receiver in the NFL. We'll, we'll keep him right here. <laughs>
0: yeah. Okay. All right. Fair enough. All right, boss. We'll wrap up uh, on that note, and uh, I am sure we will do this again soon, and maybe at some point, Chal will join us during the season. Look forward to it. Thanks. That was Toronto Rock owner, president, and general manager, Jamie Dowick. We will take a short break here on Toronto Rock Total Access and be back to wrap this thing up. Welcome back to Toronto Rock Total Access. Mike Hancock along with Challen Rogers. Challen, back in the booth now here with us. And the way we wrapped things up with the interview with Jamie actually was Jamie was wondering why you weren't involved in the interview. And I said, you know, we kind of, we've talked about this, you kind of leave it, you know, off to the side kind of thing. And the GM coach type stuff is just kind of a little bit one-on-one with me. It's it's a little bit different, right? You're the captain of the team, you're a player, it'd be, you know, if you started asking him about <laughs> So what do you think you're going to do with that draft pick next year? Like, you know, it might be a little bit weird. But, um, so he's looking forward to hopefully you at some point joining that conversation when he's on here. So, and I'm sure it'll be a little bit less lacrosse and more everything else. Um, But one thing he did bring up quite a bit was the piece that you did with the National Football League and how much he loved that piece and seeing the ads pretty well every weekend still on TV uh, promoting the game recognized game recognized game segment that was done. With the Buffalo Bills, Deion Dawkins, and Mitch Marner of the Toronto Maple Leafs, something that was shot in the summer. When did we do that? In July, I think it was, at yeah, uh, so. Vaughn Sports Village. And it rolled out in October, and it was a an awesome day of shooting. A huge production crew, Josh Richards, um, you know, a major social media influencer. He was the host of the segment, and he did a great job. And it turns out that he played lacrosse growing up as well, out in Coburg, I think he said. Yeah. Uh, So hopefully we get him out to a game this year. But, you know, Jamie kind of raved about how well you did in that segment and athletically being able to pretty well excel in all the events. And like many of us who watched it think that in some way, (laughs) some way, shape, or form you got robbed and should have won it. But whatever, the format was the format. It was an amazing segment, a great experience. Thank you very much to the folks at NFL Canada. Uh, for including in that. It It was great. And I just love to see it when you guys are elevated onto a stage that maybe you don't always get put on. And not only as athletes, but a little bit as celebrities too. Athletes are celebrities. But for you to be out there competing against an NFL player, competing against an NHL player, what was that like for you just being legit on that same platform as, you know, like, you know, you're a professional athlete. They're a professional athlete. Let's go head to head in some fun competitions here.
1: Yeah. Uh, to be honest, <laughs> I was relatively nervous, to be honest, going into that because I, I don't want to embarrass myself. And most of my nerves came from the lacrosse side because I. <laughs> <laughs>
0: you can't screw up Disclaimer, the thing you're yeah, to be good about. Disclaimer. Yeah. Was,
1: I'm a professional <laughs> in this sport and I should be good Own at it. it. Yeah. And I lost that. But uh,
0: it's watch it the technicality there yeah, though. i feel yeah, like a little, finding anyways, we could bounce it yeah maybe it changed a little bit but 100 yeah. maybe
1: not um but yeah what what a cool experience um it's it's very weird to kind of be in in the moment there and, and do all of it and obviously see the cameras and know that we're getting filmed and all that stuff but to kind of see the final product and see what they put together um from all the clips and stuff is is truly a work of art and uh I've, I've had people kind of from from high school, from back home, uh, DM me, be like, I'm just watching the football game. I just saw you on TV. <laughs> like, that's so cool. Keep doing what you're doing and things like that. So um, it, it's it's still kind of surreal to see myself on TV. I've, I've seen it a few times, and by a few, like probably 15, 20 times because I'm a big football guy. Um, but, yeah, like it's just it, it'll come up, and I'm like, it's – doesn't seem real like yeah
0: it was it was a very cool day and like i say we we've gotten to do a lot of pretty cool stuff over the years and that was probably right up there near the top and you've been pretty lucky to have i feel like experienced probably the top two things was that and trade center yeah for me those were the two biggest maybe the two biggest things we've done probably in terms of any kind of media integration with anybody or another sport like Doyle got to do some fun stuff I think back in the day he was on primetime sports with Bob McCowan in studio for a sit-down interview which would not happen for another lacrosse player but when we were retiring his number he got to do some pretty cool in-studio stuff um we were able to hook that up so um, I think these couple of hits—the the Trade Center thing—and then now this game recognized game segment with the NFL are, I feel like a bit of a step above that um, in today's world and and everything like that. But it was, it was cool. And just the other guys, I think. I mean, you can speak to this too. Like totally down to earth. Deion Dawkins is a riot. Like yeah. he has got a personality times a million, and clearly has a career after football in some kind of media oh, yeah. kind of, uh, segment. So, um, what was that like though? Just interacting with those guys and that everybody just seemed like just a bunch of guys just doing some weird sports things. <laughs> yeah.
1: Guys mean dudes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, uh, I think I met, did we meet Mitch first?
0: Yeah. I think yeah. Mitch was there first. Yeah, yeah. So I,
1: he came in with his kind of group of a few and, um, just so, it's so weird to kind of, more so Mitch, because, you know, I'm in Toronto, I have a lot of Leafs friends, who, or sorry, a lot of fans, friends yeah. who are Leafs fans. Um, Brandon Slade, to say one, because he's a <laughs> diehard, but his guy's Matthews. But um, just to, like, hear them talk about how much the, they love the Leafs and how much, you know, they love Marner and Matthews, things like that, it's... And then to just, you know, shake his hand and be like, yay, okay, I'm I'm Challen. And he you know, he says, Hey, I'm Mitch, and I'm like, I know <laughs> I know who you are. Yeah. Um but and then, you know, to talk about Dion. After me and Mitch, we're just standing there waiting for it to start, waiting for Dion to show up and, and I think we look over and you just see this mountain of a man towering <laughs> over these like pickup trucks and it's like, Oh my goodness. He's just he's a big guy. And, and, like, obviously he's he's one of the best at his position in the NFL. And just to kind of see, you know, you watch TV and they're all big. So, you know, it's it's hard to gain perspective. But when you meet him and you just – I feel like I'm a pretty big guy. And then he just makes you feel like an ant.
0: <laughs> well, it's weird when you talk about watching me on TV because, I mean, I am – I will consider myself a pretty casual football fan. I try to watch it as much as I can, but I mean, through fantasy over the last few years, I've I've definitely gotten back into football. Whereas I was a Bills fan in the early '90s, admittedly, and went through all that heartache, but um, it it is crazy to watch him when because now I just like I watch him, yeah, right. No, like Sam, the play goes Sam. on and I and I watch him and I'm like, you're really good. Like you almost never get beat. Yeah, like I talk crazy. about him all the time. Yeah, he is actually legitimately unbelievable at his position stud yeah
1: absolute stud yeah did, like and then watching sports center and he does something in a game i forget what he did but he did something that was pretty funny and then
0: like i'm like oh i know that guy yeah like it's your I mean, guy he's, <laughs> that's Dion. well and you you got some follows didn't you on instagram back did everybody follow everybody kind of thing yeah we're instagram official yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah and it was weird because i know some of the bandit fans and stuff like that they saw it and they're like well why wasn't this the sabers and the bandits and the the bills but it was an nfl canada thing so uh you know that's why it was up here and obviously the bills are the closest team so that's how everything sorted out there for uh Everybody who thought there may have been some kind of strange conspiracy thing, but it was because it was an NFL Canada piece. And, and they do these pieces, and they've done them really all over the globe, and there'll be some other ones, I think, that are going to roll out. But the NFL Canada version will be, I think, what will continue to say, stay in the spotlight in terms of that game-recognized game, game segment here in Canada just because of you know the insertion in the Canadian broadcast and stuff, if, if people really care about that stuff but you'll continue to see chal i think all season long and then the cool thing is there's there's like a, a six month embargo on the footage that it has to live on youtube exclusively the full segment and then after that it can and will be offered up to tsn in canada as the rights holder for nfl and they'll be able to actually play the segment on tsn in its entirety, should they choose to, but it will. This thing will not be going away anytime soon. Potentially, <laughs> that the uh, the whole thing may be on TSN uh, in the spring.
1: I feel like I know when it's being shown, because <laughs> the odd times I'll go on Instagram, I'll just have like, ten plus likes on the game recognized game. Oh. Thing. it's it's like, it's Thursday, it's Sunday, and it's Monday. That's really cool. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of neat.
0: It is because, you know, like somebody has watched even just the little, you know, 15 second commercial and have probably said, Hey, who's that guy? Right. Ah. Then they find the segment, they find you. It's pretty neat. Yeah, it is pretty neat. All right. Well, uh, speaking of neat things, uh, the home opener is coming up on Saturday night, Toronto rock and the Philadelphia wings. We are looking forward to that. Um, Do you want to talk training camp, any kind of recap with that and and how you were feeling going through the month and especially just kind of some new guys fitting in here and and how that's all kind of progressed? Yeah,
1: uh, training camp's a great time. Um, You know, I think we had more people out to camp than we've maybe had in the past. And, you know, I think that's great for kind of your inner squad competition and and competing for spots and competing for playing time and, um, you know, you have some young guys who come in and just showcase what they have, and, and they're working their, their 110% every time they're out there. and um, You know, just we did some fitness testing the first day, and, and uh, you know, two of the rookie guys who ended up making our team, Justin Martin, Justin Martin and uh, Zach Kearney, just demolished it, made it look like it was just a Sunday walk in the park. And, <laughs> And then you see what they're doing at practice, and just open-minded and wanting to learn and wanting to get better, and and just wanting to make the team so so badly, and just so coachable, and and um, you know coachable from the coaches, and and you know, and when you kind of give them little pointers that you think that they could use, you know, they're open-minded and and they'll listen to you and they'll try those things, and um, you know, I think that's all you want in a teammate, and and all you want is a as a coach, players that are coachable and, and work hard. And, um, you know, I was, I was very impressed with those two. And I'm just so happy to see both of them, uh, you know, make this team at the end of the day.
0: And Zach Kearney, I'll put in my Bulldog plug here, is awesome to see him get to this level and all those things. You say about him, couldn't be more true. He is just a a great young man and uh, so happy for him because I know he's worked really hard. And he's also one of those guys, like there's so many players I think we're going to see come into this league in the next little bit that you may not know exactly what they are because they missed time playing due to COVID. Either college or junior and they may not have quite developed the way they would have if they were able to kind of play out their junior eligibility or college eligibility the way everybody else kind of before them had done. So this will be a really interesting time to watch some guys, I think, that are probably from a little bit off the radar develop into, you know, NLL players, either fringe guys or regulars or or whatever they do with it. But those guys, like you say, I think, who are willing to learn and are open to being coached and that kind of thing are the ones that are going to excel. So hopefully we uh, have some big things to see out of Zach Kearney, and then also Justin Martin, who I think everybody should be super, super excited about. I think he is going to – the the first time he scores a breakaway goal in Hamilton, I, there's going to something's going to happen. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but something's going to happen, and I know that the social media reaction is going to be, we love this kid – And he is going to become a fan favorite, I think. Easily. And I'm not putting any pressure on him here at all. But I just, you know, he has scored in every preseason game. I got to (laughs) think there's a good chance on Saturday night, some way, somehow, we know he's getting a breakaway. That is almost like a lock. There is no way he is not getting a breakaway on Saturday night. But whether or not he scores, that is in his hands, I think, entirely um but yeah i mean and then at that point we have to come up with a nickname and some kind of other persona like we do for everybody <laughs> now right so yep. yeah some new new nicknames being trotted out at the home opener too really yeah
1: That that's also a fun part of the home opener standing because i go last So it's kind of funny listening to some of the new nicknames that no one's heard of, and then they're going out and they're also hearing it for the first time when they run out. (laughs) So yeah, I can can at least sit back and kind of admire them.
0: Yeah, it's good. I mean, actually, I guess the cat's out of the bag for the players for the most part because they were up on the marquee at um, media day. So some guys kind of know about it. But hopefully as the season goes along, there could be one or two little – tricks up the sleeve and i mean you know the boosh there it is we'll talk about it here so if you're listening deep into the podcast here a little bit of a combination of a takeoff on uh obviously there it is the song that's going to be his goal song all right but then also vancouver canucks which you may be a little bit familiar with obviously when bruce boudreau was the coach there they were doing the bruce there it is chant So our graphic designer hats off to him. Andrew Armstrong came up with Boosh. There it is. So that is the thing is hopefully we get that chant going when he scores the Boosh. There it is. I like that. Yeah. Um, New defense or sorry. New penalty chant. uh, When we go on the power play, I'll leave that cat in the bag for right now until everything is uh, formally finalized here in the, in the dying waning moments here before the home opener. (laughs) Um, one guy, actually, one nickname that, unfortunately, as people are listening to this and Jamie let the cat out of the bag, another cat out of the bag, who knew, um, that Chris Corbiel will be going to the injured reserve list, is that we will have some alliteration with him as the Corporal Chris Corbiel. I
1: like that. I <laughs> saw that one. Which he yeah. li-
0: liked. We had the video on social of him of him watching it. And this is the thing where it's like, for the most part, even though some guys are like, I don't like my nickname, I don't like this stuff. I still don't believe that they don't like it. <laughs> like, Dan Craig couldn't love being the Iceman anymore than, like, he loves it. He loves I just, it. I just think he
1: likes stability with his nickname.
0: Yeah, I know. Swish <laughs> didn't work out, all right? we. we know. I kind of like Swish. I know. There and then was I kind of
1: people... like 007. And the Iceman's <laughs> See, never, also great.
0: Yeah, so we that's... never really ran with 007, though, like, in a big way. We, we tried to run with Swish. We built it off the interview that he did on CHCH and him saying that that – The sound of the ball going into the net was like that swish in basketball and that he loved basketball so much. So it was Dan Swish Craig. And then it was hilarious because as soon as we trotted out the Iceman thing on social media, like there was, you know, again, not a landslide of comments, but one or two saying, I really liked swish. (laughs) Why did you change it? And it's like, oh, you can't please everyone. But, you know, like we're not going to play – Every song that gets played on Saturday night, everybody's not going to like every song. It's a thing. (laughs) Um, But yeah, the Iceman is definitely back. Um, The Mailman will continue. He will be delivering goals to Rock City on a regular basis. So we're looking forward to that. And uh, we've got a little thing we're gonna do on social media anytime he scores three goals, but we'll keep that in the bag as well. Um, but yeah, there's there's a few things, and then some other stuff that I'm sure we'll roll out as the season goes along. So it's good. Can't it's wait. Good. And one other thing, hopefully, well, we're not gonna go too far into it, but I am gonna tease this potentially, not to put any pressure on you, but should challenge score a goal on Saturday night, keep your eye on him. Yeah. Can I say that? Sure. All right.
1: I don't I don't know if I'm...
0: Yeah. yeah, I know. That's why I don't want to totally do it, because I feel like there's a chance you might not do it. But if you do it, you can always go back to the dab. I'd be real happy if you did that. <laughs> <laughs> but if you do this other thing, it's going to be awesome, and we have a nice piece of content already lined up to go along with that. So no pressure. It could come out at any time. Yeah. The content, the video was shot today, it's not going to get old. No, I, I know. So there's no I, pressure. Yeah.
1: If I i do manage to bury one this weekend then i think i have to but he's not well,
0: but he's not going to be there he's not going to be there so Ooh. i can't
1: it'd just be so much better because i know where he sits too
0: yeah all right it's a man okay well, well once this <laughs> Good happens radio. Good radio. Yeah, once this happens this conversation will make perfect sense but it'll, it'll uh it'll be a really cool thing once it happens but um okay Child, anything else you want oh what you watching? What you watching? What you're oh, watching. we almost left without doing it. Um, I haven't been watching much lately because I've been really busy with work.
1: Yeah. You? Um, mixing in a few shows here and there. Uh, heavily in Survivor, obviously right now. Um, yep, we've been watching too. Yep, I have one person left in my Survivor draft. Okay. Um, Who is it? Austin. So sitting, sitting, kind of pretty.
0: Why can't I remember who Austin is?
1: He's uh, long hair. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah. Good buddies with Drew. Right. Um. Yeah, he's my guy. I had Kendra in there as well, but she obviously got the boot. Yeah. Um. But yeah, Survivor. Love that show. Glad it's ninety minutes. Makes it even better. Um. Off of reality TV, recently watched uh, something called The House. The Fall of the House of Usher, which was interesting. So uh, I don't even, you got to be paying attention. There's a lot of characters, kind of. It's eight, eight episodes. I liked it. I thought it was pretty good. Interesting. Um, no spoilers there. <laughs> um, what else have I watched recently? Oh, seen some movies lately. I'm not usually a movie guy. Well, I am a movie guy, but like going to the movies and seeing them. Uh, wow. the, the creator. Okay. It's about AI and humanity and how they can co- co- coexist. Coexist. Yeah. Um, real really good movie. That was, that was, didn't know what to expect going in. The trailer does not do it justice, but action fact, It's exciting. Great storyline. Okay. So highly recommend that one.
0: I actually realized I have actually watched a couple of shows recently. We yeah. tried to watch Jack Ryan. You ever watched any no. of Jack Ryan? No. I, it's it's so crazy. We're so tied up in getting ready for the season. <laughs> I find I can't focus on anything. <laughs> it
1: just <said> Game of <laughs> I Legends. couldn't
0: get through episode one. I was like, I can't remember what happened because I feel like it's been ages between season three and season four. And um, I started to watch. I gave maybe like 15 or 20 minutes to the real like. When I say real, but fake, I guess, but real. Squid Game, like the game show version of it. I watched a couple minutes of that, and I just like bailed hard on that. But other than that, I've just been religiously watching my Pittsburgh Penguins and having my heart broken on a regular basis. (laughs) It's driving me nuts, this team. They can't score on the power play. I live and die with the Pittsburgh Penguins. It is no secret around here, and their efforts have been strong. But their power play, very weak. (laughs) And I don't know when it's straightening itself out. Because if their power play was even at like, I don't know, 18, 20 percent. Right now I think it's at like 10 point something percent. And they're like 30th in the league. Like it's disgusting. (laughs) But like Crosby, Gensel, and Rust are the best five-on-five line in the league right now. And Jake Gensel, I believe, has the most five-on-five points of any player in the league. If their power play was remotely, <laughs> well, Sid, Jake, they'd be up at the top of the league in scoring and the Penguins would probably be safely in a playoff spot right now. But that's not the case. So <laughs> Anyway, so I could go on about that. Go Canucks. Tristan Jari scored a goal, which was really exciting. Because there are some things that happen in professional sports when you can tell that the guys are just really genuinely happy that are really like hit with me now. And when Jari sco- scored... It was like it wasn't even about winning the game or it was just you could just tell how happy everybody was. And I kind of equate that probably to like a guy who scores a big goal that, you know, you don't expect them to be that guy and you just feel really good for him. Right. For sure. Or a guy who's been trying to get in the lineup, trying to get in the lineup. He finally does. And then he scores. You know, that, that kind of those kind of nice feel good stories. And Jari's been up and down and and. To hear the Penguins fans actually chanting his name the next game at home, getting the Jari Chance going, was like, he has been so hated in Pittsburgh. And then he scores this goal, and it's like this turning point for him. But then the power play stinks, and they lose. So, (laughs) anyways, off on a tangent. All right, Chuck. What's that? Just a little one. Just a little (laughs) one, yeah. That can
1: happen. I'll just let you go there.
0: All right. uh, So, home opener this Saturday night. Uh, Any... I know the answer to this, but I'm going to throw this out there. Anyways, any uh, special family or anybody coming in to watch the game this weekend? Yeah, my mom. Really? Yeah.
1: Yeah, surprise to everyone in this room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she'll Fantastic. Look, yeah, she's getting in Friday afternoon. She's uh, – she, I feel like she's coming to the last few years, home yeah. openers. I think so. Early in the career, we lost a lot of games when she was in attendance recently. We've won a lot. So she's
0: moving to Ontario. <laughs> <Yeah>. No. <laughs> Jamie's going to have her on every road trip and she's going to be at every home game. Love it. All right. Well, uh, we're all looking forward to it. It can't come soon enough and we're excited to get the podcast going again. So uh, we will be opening up the viewer mailbag again. I feel like I might've got a question or two over the summer. I'll have to dig back into that next week, but um Total access at torontorock.com. Folks, the mailbag is open. Send us a question and we will tackle it. We will do our best, but we can only usually get to about one per week. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so please make sure you send those in. Total access at torontorock.com. It's overwhelming at times, but we will do our best to get to uh, everything we get in. Total access at torontorock.com. What was it again? Total access. T O dalacce at at com, not dot ca but dot com maybe that's been the problem yeah everybody's been dot ca and us yeah all right well on that note uh yeah send us your questions and uh we'll jump on those uh at any time Also, uh, tickets are still available for Saturday night's game. You want great seats, get them now. Don't wait. They are going to go here, uh, before long. They are really starting to move now as we get closer to Saturday night. So, uh, the upper bowl will not be open. So if you want a seat in the building, you better get it now and jump into that lower bowl and grab yourself a ticket. There's lots of different ways you can get a ticket and all of those different options are available at torontorock.com. Season memberships are still available and here's a little uh hot pro tip here make sure you get a season membership as uh it could be some great incentives that go along with that down the road oh cats out the bag hey there's <laughs> cats everywhere here <laughs> all right okay um I think that'll do that. Do it, Chal. I think we're ready to go. I think this was a pretty solid first episode. Great first epi. Yeah, we got through a lot of stuff. Next week, you'll be back to booking guests. Yep. Which will be exciting as well. Can't wait. All right. Okay. So, in the meantime, and in between time, for Chal and Rogers, I am Mike Hancock saying that's it. That's all. Another edition of Toronto Rock Total Access is over and done with, and we will chat next week. Go Rock.